I want to start out tonight by making a point that we have made many times in the past, and it's a point that needs to be repeated. And that point simply is that there is some judging that we must do. You're aware of the fact that there are a lot of people in the religious world who say we should never judge about anything. That's become a very popular religious point of view. No judging about anything. Those people, of course, are just absolutely wrong. We remember the words of Jesus in John 7, verse 24, judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. That verse needs to be remembered. It plainly tells us that we have to make necessary judgments. And so the people who say, no judging, you can't judge anybody, are just absolutely wrong, right? Now, we make that point all the time. The reason why we have to make that point is because of the very often misused text that Trent read for us earlier from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. You know this text very well. We won't take time to read all of it right now. But you know that there are those who would say that that verse means no judging. Judge not that you be not judged, and they apply it universally. No judging of anyone about anything. Now, we have to explain that. We often do. We've had many lessons in which we've tried to explain that misuse of Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. And that's very important. We have to do that. We have to show people that they're wrong to misuse the verse, the passage, that way. But I'm concerned, and I've, perhaps uh, it, it is uh, a necessary thing to express concern over the fact that we, because we so often have to go to the verse to explain how it's misused, that we've neglected the necessary teaching of the text. There is some judging that we're not supposed to do. Uh, there is some judging that is sinful, and maybe we don't emphasize that enough from this text. Again, we go to this text and say, well, people in the religious world are misusing it. And that's right. But maybe we don't emphasize enough about the text. The text is actually saying there's some judging we're not supposed to do. My thinking, that this, my thinking is that this maybe is an increasing problem among us, more so than we're willing to acknowledge. Perhaps we see indication of the fact that we're doing the kind of judging that this passage says don't do when we find brethren who are constantly picking and complaining and criticizing over petty, insignificant, unimportant things and causing strife and division and animosity, bitterness, hatefulness, and spite among Christians because they're doing the kind of judging that this text says we should not do. I acknowledge that sometimes I have this problem. Perhaps I, you might acknowledge the same thing, that we are judging in the fashion that Jesus here said, don't judge. And so tonight, for a few minutes, what we want to do is talk about a remedy for sinful judgment. Uh, remember, sinful judging. There's some judging that's not sinful, some judging that has to be done. But Jesus said there's some judging we shouldn't be doing the kind mentioned there in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. And so for a few minutes in our study together tonight, we want to talk about how to remedy the sinful kind of judging that Jesus said we should not be doing. Uh, perhaps you would agree with me that it happens too often, it happens too often among brethren, and we should work hard to put a stop to it. So that will be our study tonight. 
We thank you for your presence. Glad for all who are here. Thanks for coming back on Sunday night. We are always encouraged by those who have that kind of devotion. We appreciate it. We draw encouragement from it. Thank you for being here. Uh, this gives us a good opportunity to start the work week tomorrow morning on a good note. We've, we've charged up our batteries, so to speak, and we can uh, uh, approach a new work week and the challenges of a new school week. Uh, be ready to go. Thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for making this an important part of what you do. Let's talk about how to remedy the sinful judging. Jesus said, judge not. He said, don't be doing this. And so let's talk about how we can stop doing the kind of judging that Jesus was talking about there. The first thing that I would suggest to you as a remedy is that we need to realize how despicable that kind of judging is. It's not okay to be engaged in the sort of judgments that Jesus was talking about there. They are ugly, mean, hateful things, and we should avoid them. Go back to that text now, again, in Matthew chapter 7. Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Just perhaps to emphasize how despicable this kind of judging is, Jesus refers to it as hypocrisy. When you judge the people in this way, in other words, I'm going to judge you because I think that you have some minor flaw. It's not what you're doing is not sinful. We're not talking about sinful things here. But there's something that you're doing that I don't necessarily like. But I'm doing stuff way worse than that. I've got these horrible issues that I haven't dealt with, but I want to put it on you to correct your problem while I'm not correcting my problem. I'm being a major hypocrite in the process of that. Do you see that? And Jesus called it that. He called it hypocrisy. We despise hypocrisy, right? We think it's a horrible thing to be a hypocrite. But when we engage in the kind of judging that Jesus is here condemning, it is hypocrisy. It's really unfair when you stop to think about it that I'm expecting you to do better than I'm doing. I excuse myself, but I expect you to do better. So I hold you up to a standard higher than what I'm willing to live up to myself. It is hypocrisy, and Jesus called it that. So if we would stop to consider that this sort of judging is really despicable, perhaps it would help us to stop doing it. One of the ways that we will stop doing it, maybe the ultimate way we will stop doing it, is if we can develop a proper kind of love for our brethren. Uh, this, is, this, as I say, is the ultimate answer to the problem. And it is an area, surely, where all of us agree that we can improve in having a measure of love for our brethren. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that familiar text about love, the King James Version uses the word charity, but we know a modern English translation would use the word love. In that very fitting description of all the various attributes of love, a couple of the things that we want to emphasize in that longer list is that charity is kind and that it thinketh no evil. Uh, if I love you as a brother or a sister in Christ, then I should have a kind disposition, to not a harsh, critical mean attitude toward you, but a kind attitude toward you. And furthermore, I should not be imagining the worst about you. 
not thinking evil of you, not trying to find something to criticize. And so if I understood this passage and made application to it, especially among my brethren, I'd be less inclined to do the sinful judging that Jesus condemned in Matthew 7. Let's read that again. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not, charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. So, to stop sinful judging, let's work harder at developing true love for our brethren. Another suggestion would be to practice the golden rule in this regard. Now, that, that description, golden rule, of course, is a title that men have coined to describe the principle that Jesus set forth in Matthew 7, verse 12. You remember this. You remember it well. Jesus said, Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets, the so-called golden rule. Now, I want to engage in a little exercise with you here. Notice, whatever ye would that men should do to you, do you even so to them? All right. Substitute there for the word do, substitute think and judge. And see if it wouldn't be an appropriate application of what Jesus said. And if you did that, here's the way the text would read. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should think and judge of you... Do ye even so to them, for this is the law of the prophets. Wouldn't that be a fair application? In other words, do you want people critically thinking of you? Again, we're not talking about sinful things. We're not excusing sin. We want to keep emphasizing that. But in regards to just petty, insignificant things, would you want other people to judge you the way you judge them? If not, then the principle that Jesus put forth here suggests... We ought to be careful about our conduct in that regard. Apply the golden rule. And if you did, it'd certainly be a big help to stop in this sort of sinful judging. Another suggestion is if we want to stop this sinful judging, we need to examine ourselves. I'm convinced of the fact that we spend way too much time with a critical eye toward others and not enough time checking ourselves to see if we are what we ought to be. It seems to me that the emphasis in Scripture is check on yourself. Make sure you're doing the right thing. Passages like 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5, examine yourselves. Not check out, make sure everybody else is okay. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. This does not say examine your brother. Make sure he's parting his hair on the right side. And if he doesn't, criticize him on every point along the way. doesn't say that. He says, examine yourself. Now, I, I really got to emphasize again that we're not talking about excusing sin. If sin is involved, then I got to get involved. If my brother is sinning, then I got to react to that. But so often, we criticize one another about non-sinful things. In fact, we're critical... Uh, here's this other brother, and I'm critical of him. I've really got a bad attitude about him, but it's about things that I would never even dare to bring up to him. It's not about sin. If it was sin, I'd have to bring it up to him. But I'm critical of him about things that I would never even talk to him about. Now, I might talk to somebody else about it, 
But I'd never talk to him about it because it's obviously not that significant of a thing. But I still am critical about that. Well, those are the kind of things that we need to stop. Examine yourself. Be careful about how you judge others. One of the things that we ought to do to stop this sinful judging is look for the good in others. This is a worthy exercise. We could all do well to employ it. Instead of looking for something to complain about, find something to praise or commend. A man who had established a great example in this regard in the New Testament was Barnabas. In Acts chapter 9, you remember Saul of Tarsus had been converted. He'd left Jerusalem intending to persecute Christians, but while he was gone on the road to Damascus, he saw the Lord. While he was in Damascus, he obeyed the gospel. When he ultimately came back to Jerusalem, he was a Christian. But the Christians in Jerusalem were afraid of him. They only knew him as a persecutor. And it says there in Acts 9, verse 26, when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him, brought him unto the apostles, and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way, that he had spoken to him, how he had preached boldly in Damascus in the name of Jesus. Barnabas could see the good in Saul and realize that this man could be very effective and beneficial in the kingdom. He could have judged Saul like the others did and said, this guy's not worthy. He's probably not legitimate. He perhaps is not sincere. We ought to avoid him. Barnabas could have done as the others did, but he took the time to see the good in Saul and make it possible for him to serve effectively in that church in Jerusalem. We can do the same. Look for the good in others. Here's another suggestion. If we're going to stop this sinful judging problem, remember, we're talking about sinful judging. We're not talking about all judging. Some judging is we're commanded to do. We're talking about sinful judging. If we're going to stop judging, especially judging one another in harsh and sinful ways, we need to ask God for help in overcoming this sin. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7? Verses 7 and 8, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh it shall be opened. The promise here is that if you will pray, God will answer your prayer. Now the reason I chose this passage, because there are plenty of passages in the Bible talk about praying concerning things we need. The reason I picked this one, do you see that reference? Matthew 7, Matthew, oh, wait, wait a minute. What's that passage where it says, judge not to be not judged, and it talks about this sinful judgment? It's the verses right before that, right? We've just been talking about Matthew 7, 1 through 5. And then right on the heels of saying that, Jesus said, you ask God for the things you need, He'll answer your prayers. Well, we need help with this. I really believe as Christians we're too harsh and mean-spirited and critical and hateful toward one another from time to time. I need help not doing that. Ask. Seek and ye shall find. The promise of God is that He will answer our prayers concerning such things that we need. So ask God. If you, in careful self-examination, realize that you are not looking for good in others, but that what you're doing is that you're hypocritically judging them, critically picking at every fault they may have that is not sinful faults, but everything that you don't like about someone else. If you realize that you've got that problem, Ask God for help in overcoming that. Another thing that will help, perhaps, is we can develop a stronger sense of a family relationship with one another. Consider the, that when you do this, the object of your judging is your brother. We're t- especially talking about among Christians. When we judge one another, it's when we're judging our brother. 
It is simply a fact that is obvious to all that we are very tolerant of our own kinfolks, aren't we? In fact, we often make excuses for our family members, you know. If it's one of my kids, or especially if it's one of my grandkids, and they haven't been behaving, oh well. You, it always, it always, Cindy always tickles me, you know, if one of the kids is particularly fussy, she'll say, I just think they were real tired. Yeah. Well, they probably were real tired. They probably ought to be tired, or they probably ought to get a whipping for that, you know. You know, they ought to be worn out, uh, with a whipping, perhaps. But it's easy to, oh well, you know, yeah. It's family, so we excuse our family. Oh, that's fine. That's the way it ought to be. I think that's the way it especially ought to be with grandparents. Uh, you know, uh, that, that we excuse our, our own, it's our own kinfolk, you know, and so we can make great excuses for them. Well, we're kin too, right? We're spiritually kinfolk. We're spiritual family. And when we engage in this harsh, critical judging of one another, again, about non-sinful things, when we engage in this harsh, critical judging of one another, we're judging our brother. We're judging our family. And if we would think more along those lines, it might make us more hesitant to do this sinful judging that Jesus mentioned here. In James chapter 4, beginning verse 11, Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law. Who art thou that judges another? And James there is just saying, Remember, your brethren, be careful about how you conduct yourself toward one another. Be very cautious in that matter. So, Perhaps that's another step that will help us in overcoming this problem. Here's another suggestion. Well, we, you, these are not necessarily in any order of significance, but I just think there's a whole lot of teaching in the Scripture that will help us with this. And here's another way to help. Put yourself in the other person's shoes. In other words, you're going to judge this other individual, a brother or sister in Christ, and you're going to judge them. Put yourself in their shoes before you do that. Here's an interesting Old Testament example, I think, from the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 3, notice Ezekiel 3, verse 15, beginning, Then I, Ezekiel speaking, he says, Then I came to them of the captivity at Tel Aviv and dwelt by the, that dwelt by the river at Chebar, and I sat where they sat and remained there astonished among them seven days. And it came to pass at the end of seven days that the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman to the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. God was going to use Ezekiel to speak to the children of Israel who were in captivity. And he could have delivered the message upon the instant of his arrival. But God saw some advantage. Ezekiel, you go where they are. You sit there with them for a while. And then I'll tell you what to tell them. And so, uh, I, I think that sort of sets forth the principle we're saying here. Before you're harsh and critical of your brother, put yourself in, in those shoes and see the situation that they're dealing with, and it might make you more compassionate, and caring, more loving, and in fact, more helpful if you would put yourself in their shoes. And then, finally, let me suggest this. One important reason to be careful about our conduct in this is that if we engage in this sinful judging, it will blind us to our own faults, making it effectively impossible for us to repent and confess and, and, and gain forgiveness for our wrongs. If we sinfully judge others, we blind ourselves to what's really going on in our own life. And I take you back one more time to that text in Matthew chapter 7 
where it says don't judge. Remember, we often have to stop and correct people because they misuse this passage, don't they? But the fact of the matter is, it definitely does say there's some judging you shouldn't do. So, in this passage where he says don't judge, remember he goes on to describe the situation. Here's this fellow, he's got a beam sticking out of his eye, and he's trying to pick just a speck out of his brother's eye. What a ridiculous thing. And Jesus purposefully there drew a picture just of extremes. He did that on purpose. He wanted to illustrate his point. He wanted to make it so we would never forget it. But think of that. The guy with the beam in his eye is trying to correct somebody else. He's blind to his own faults. He doesn't realize what a, a shape he's in himself. And that's what is so prone to happen when we allow ourselves to become harsh and bitterly critical of one another. We blind ourselves uh, to our own faults. And so, here are some suggestions about something that I think that we all need. Because I think even among those of us as Christians, and I believe we have a close relationship here at College View, for which I'm very grateful, but I think it's still possible, and often does happen, that we tend to be mean-spirited, critical, harsh, judging one another. I have to emphasize one more time, because I don't want you to leave the lesson tonight thinking, well, he's saying don't judge anybody about anything. If you're sinning, then I've got to come and, and help you with that. If I'm sinning, you've got to come and help me, me with that. We, we can't not. It's judgment, John seven twenty four. But in things that are not sinful, uh, we need to be careful not to be mean-spirited and harsh and hateful and bitter, critical of one another, uh, and hope. someone here tonight uh, has need to answer that invitation, whether it be someone who's not yet a Christian and needs to obey the gospel. If that's the case, we're ready to assist you. We're also ready to study more with you. You just say what we can do to help. Or a Christian who's fallen away and, and needs to be restored to the Lord. If that's the case, we'd be glad to pray with you and for you. If we can help in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song. Amen.